This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 72. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Liam Dempsey. And I'm Tara Clays. Today we're joined by Evelyn Powers. Evelyn is a strategist and designer for Design Powers, Nice Work, and Awesome Women Entrepreneurs. All three businesses utilize her creative expertise to assist clients and colleagues to connect and communicate their services to their desired target market. Hello, Evelyn. Welcome to Hallway Chats. Hello. How are you two? Very well. Thank you, Evelyn. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Can you tell us more about yourself, please? Um, originally from Florida, moved to Maryland as a young child, attended and earned uh, a BFA from the Maryland Institute College of Art in Baltimore, Hon. And I now currently live in Arlington, Virginia with my hubby since uh, 1990. And I'm mom to a daughter who's a junior and a son who's a freshman in college. That is awesome. Um, <laughs> is it? We're going to say awesome a lot on this show, intentionally and not intentionally. And also, in full disclosure, Evelyn and I do work together quite a bit, so it's a thrill for me to have her on the show. Um, she has been on this journey with us since we first started talking about this podcast, and she's been an inspiration to me because she has a radio show. So we're really excited and honored to have her here um, oh, in all of her and all of her professional capacities, um, <laughs> and and also because she does work quite a bit with WordPress. So, so thanks for having us here. Tell us a little bit about um, what you do, and why don't you start with whichever of the three businesses you want to talk about, or if you just want to spend time talking about one of them mostly, um, go ahead and, and talk to us about your choice. Well, um, you know, since you guys obviously focus on WordPress, um, I, you know, so my background is graphic design as in print graphic design, but how I began to, you know, get more into the WordPress community is really uh, probably about five, six years ago, you know, clients started to ask me more about uh, translating uh, some of the stuff that I was doing in print design into, you know, for the web. And so I took a front-end web development class for General Assembly and quickly decided that it really wasn't something at my age that I was really interested in doing. Um, not that it wasn't interesting. I just felt like it was sort of too tedious and, um, and that I kind of wanted to work more in terms of the digital strategies, the, the UX, that kind of part of, you know, web design and development. So um, I got, you know, I, I got into WordPress because one with Tara and um, it just, other people that I was working with that just seemed to be the platform that most people were working on. And um, so that, I mean, that's really how I got into it. And so what I do with it in my businesses is I basically now do the discovery, the strategy, the design, the UX, and then sometimes the project management, depending upon who it's for and what I'm doing. Does that answer your question? (laughs) 
<laughs> it totally answers my question. Yeah, I'd like to ask you a little bit, even though it, it's not maybe specifically to WordPress, but um, tell us about the organization that you founded and that you're growing um, all across the country, Awesome Women Entrepreneurs. Uh, okay, so that that started out very organically with um, another mutual friend of Tara and I's. Her name is Karen B. And we, she had the idea that you know we we all were women entrepreneurs, and wouldn't it be really fun to get all of us together, you know, just to kind of you know talk about the uh, our clients and what we did and things like that. And I always like to call it like the book club without the book, you know, and that we would drink wine and you know, talk about our struggles and juggles and things like that, because all of us have children as well. And over a two-year period, so I started a WordPress blog and took pictures and, um, you know, was kind of like the branding person for, you know, this very, very informal um, event, monthly events that we would have. And we called it Arlington Women Entrepreneurs. And then after about a two-year period, we really started to see how women were very, very invested and excited in these monthly events. And we, we thought, you know, gosh, it seems like the timing, you know, it's just ironic. Trump got elected and there's sort of this whole zeitgeist right now of, you know, trying to um, empower women and being uh, in a supportive women uh, community uh, that we would kind of take this energy and this um, idea and see if we could, you know, start chapters uh, first regionally, of which we did last year, and now we're trying to uh, do it on a more uh, national level. And so WordPress has been pretty integral in it, and it's also been, for me, and Tara, of course, has heard all the the total pain points, it's been a, just a complete, utter nightmare learning experience. <laughs> and, and part of it was based on the fact, so as I said, when we started as, as a very informal club, uh, it was just a WordPress blog, pretty much. And then um, when we decided to try to do chapters, we made an assumption that, oh, wouldn't it be great if every chapter had its own subsite? So um, I did a multi-site with a developer, and we so we had a main site, and then every chapter had a subsite. It was on hosted on WP Engine. Um, and then when we tried to do sort of all the chapter admin roles, integrating WooCommerce, all the um, events calendar tickets, it just kind of wasn't built as, as cohesively as it needed to be because the foundation was kind of, you know, in, in parts and we sort of did it as we went along. And that's really not how you can do a membership site. So we launched this multi-site basically last January, and by March, I was like, okay, this is not going to work. Um, it's not scalable. It's not sustainable. It's expensive. It's a nightmare for me, who's not a front-end web developer, to maintain. Um, you know, things are just happening that are um, not a good UX, not a good experience for the user. Let's just scrap it. And start from from scratch. So I kind of said, well, you know what? Maybe WordPress is not the right platform. 
maybe I'll, I'll go a little bit down, let myself go down a rabbit hole and see what else is out there. And so I did. I, I did took about two months to look at association platforms, non-WordPress, um, you know, different, different kinds of platforms that were out, out there. And what I found was there is some really great closed system platforms uh, they, they will tell in, you know, if anyone's interested, I'll even give you some of the links, you know, for the show notes. But, um, what happens is they, you know, the, the company will bring you in and say, yeah, you know, we'll charge you 2,500 bucks to, to set this membership site up. But then the, the monthly fees are onerous. And then should the, should the membership increase, the fees increase. So really yeah. over time, and what I mean by over time, a two to three year period, the investment that you make in a quality WordPress site actually winds up being a more economic way to go. So ultimately, I went back to WordPress and just uh, decided to work with a company who um, is in the UK, but um, they had sort of a specialty for membership sites. And we're still working out some of the kinks, but um, I think, you know, the, the site just launched last week, but um, I think it's going to come together much nicer than what we had, you know, eight months ago. Yeah. Membership but sites are tricky. It, they're yeah. very tricky. There's a lot of moving parts and especially in WordPress. I think the thing that's the most trickiest is those chap chapter admin roles and being able to, um, finesse and uh, assign permissions and roles for the various kinds of people that need to have access to different kinds of information. So, um, yeah, so that's, that, that was the big learning curve on that. Yeah. Membership sites are tricky, aren't they? Yeah. Every, yeah. every organization wants to run their membership workflows differently. And so there's no out of the box membership. Right, plan. right. We'll get you there. They they all need tweaking and and they all need modification. The question is is where does that modification go? How does that come in together? Yeah, yeah. you're I also. Might, having I would like to take just give you guys a quick plug though. This this couple in the UK they run a um, they run a website, a WordPress uh, site called Member Site Academy. It's something that you join, and again, if you wanted to put it in the show notes, but. I thought they did a they do a phenomenal job of teaching people who run membership WordPress membership sites how to do it and yeah. they give all kinds of ideas and stuff. I'm not a mem member of it currently, but I actually am going to probably re up in it because I thought it was they do a phenomenal job mm. and just a really good resource. And you know, uh, if you guys wanted to talk to you know people that maybe aren't in the U.S., they I would definitely recommend them as a great uh, speaker for, you know, another show. Oh, thanks for sharing yeah. that. That would be yeah, great. So One thing I've noticed when I've done membership sites is, is well, two things. One, you can't predict yeah. everything that's going to go wrong. And, and related to that is the amount of things that users will account will encounter when you open your website up to members who are not who you haven't trained to use the website they're inevitably going to stumble upon a link or have some issue that you can't replicate that you couldn't predict and that's a user error a lot of times you can even just boil it down to that and that's that's really challenging because you can spend all this time setting everything up and then 
within days, the first days, some user is going to find some well, vulnerability. Well, cashing. Let's just keep cashing. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, I mean, you could just knock your forehead to the wall how <laughs> many times that that, you know, rears its ugly head. And especially, you know, I mean, that's the thing that you love and you hate about WP Engine. Um, it's a, it, they're a phenomenal host, but there there is you got to purge the cash on them a lot. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, I I'm always amazed and should never be amazed at the anomalies that people can find that you had no idea they were going to find. Yeah, especially when you open up to new members that, oh, I didn't know our website does that. All right, yeah. well, let's yeah. let's have a look at that then, shall we? It's Every day is a learning experience. <laughs> Evelyn, let me, let me swing you around to one of our signature questions here because we've, we've talked a little bit about your business and we've talked uh, a little bit about awesome women entrepreneurs. And within this milieu of, of different professional avenues that you're pursuing, uh, you mentioned your family as well and your children and living in Northern Virginia there. I want to ask you about your definition of success. And how would you define success? Be it personal, professional, or maybe a mix of both? Um, for me, success is simply to matter. Um, that, you know, I think that really everyone wants to feel like they make a difference and have value. And so I think I'm most fulfilled and most happy when I think that I have, you know, been able to help somebody or just that I mattered to somebody, whether it's in personal or professional. And I, I honestly think that a lot of the world's problems are because people don't feel that they matter and you know, they don't feel like they're getting treated with dignity or respected. And, you know, as, as emotional creatures, we need to matter. So that, that to me is success. If I feel like I matter in whatever the particular instance is, it's simply that day in and day out, honestly. What, what do you do uh, to work toward that definition of success? I really love that um, definition, by the way. You, you, it you know down what like, I do? You know what I do? Honestly, and again, it's another super simple thing. I smile a lot. I try to smile a lot. Even when I don't feel like smiling, I try to smile. And I try to be nice um, to people that I think may not get people being nice to them. Like, I do really try to practice that. But I find that smiling is the easiest way or making a little joke or humor or whatever it's the easiest way to um make other people feel welcome and again feel like they matter and um so it's not always easy to smile either mm -hmm. sometimes you know i'll feel like all right, I just got to smile because I'm really actually not happy right now, but I, I'm try I got to psych myself up. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good internal mechanism for changing the zeitgeist or the feeling or whatever's happening. Um, but it's just a great way I think to try and go through the world is to be happy to at least look happy. 
even when you're not. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I love the simplicity of to matter is success. And what I wonder your thoughts on are how do, how do we find the balance between wanting to matter, but also knowing when it's okay not to matter? Or if somebody, if we don't matter to somebody, not letting that affect our sense of self-worth, you know? It's, well, and there you go. I, I, I just kind of turn that around. I think that is success too, is that when you do do something and it's not received in the way that you want it to be received, to be able to move on. So, um, you know, and having been a designer, you know, for 27 years, not every, you know, thing that I've given to a client did they like. And, you know, early on that might have hurt my feelings, but I just, you know, I just think to myself, uh, you know, if we eventually get to something that achieves the goal, I'm not going to allow my ego to, you know, ruin that relationship. And really, these are just kind of small things in in the scope of it. But yes, if something I did doesn't matter to someone else, I just got to move on. And that's actually just, yeah, it's just maturity too. Sure. And And then even like with my kids, you know, like a lot of times, you know, you think, well, it really is the perception of the other person, you know, and that changes day to day and year to year. And sometimes you really matter to your children and sometimes you don't. And you can't kind of let that sully how you move through through the world. That's I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. 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 And the they, opinions of the world on one hand are nice, but ultimately I'd suggest they don't matter. Yeah. But that's more interjecting my views than yours. Yeah. Well, and they, they matter to you even when you don't feel like you matter to them. I right. Who is part of it when it comes to children and family. I have a song going through my head right now because I'm a musical uh, theater person. So there's, there's a musical out there called Waitress by, written by Sarah Brellis. And there's a song in that, everybody, that's called You Matter to Me. So look it up. Oh, all right. Well, you're going to have to send me the link. <laughs> Hello, Baltimore. <laughs> See another one. We were just yeah. at camp, and I was explaining to Liam the uh, the meaning behind my one of my tweets about Good Morning Baltimore. So everything can relate back to musical theater or I Love Lucy. Charm City. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, what would you say, Evelyn? Is um, I mean, maybe you've already touched on this a bit, but is the biggest challenge in terms of uh, mattering. <laughs> Uh, what what what's the biggest challenge that you face in endeavoring to matter? Um, I you know it, professionally, I think it's always uh, just to make sure that I don't allow um, too many things to sully the solution. Do you know what I'm saying? Like so often. Um, there's so many different ways to go about solving a problem. It can become overwhelming. And so it's really being able to have the confidence that this is the decision that I'm going to make for today. And, you know, like, like if I'm working with Tara, I'll consult Tara or depending on who I'm, you know, working with and who I consult, 
and just knowing that it was the best decision that I could make with the information that I had, knowing that I can't vacillate over it for, you know, forever. So I have to make a decision and, and it, you know, maybe in the long run, like that multi-site, I mean, that's the perfect thing. When we made that decision, we had all our reasons why we made it. It turned out to not be the right decision. I quickly pivoted. Did we lose time and money? Absolutely. But did I learn a tremendous amount out of that whole experience? Uh, you know, I don't. I can't say that um, I would want to repeat that. But I did glean some just insights that I would not have had had I not made that particular decision at that time. And that's really kind of how I go about making professional and personal decisions is thinking there's nothing that you decide at this moment that you can't pivot or undo, you know, and you just move on. And if it's a wild success, then yay! <laughs> you know, if it's not, it's like, all right, well, I gave it the best shot I could do. And yeah. so that matters. You know, that's really all you can do is do your best as much as possible, which I do feel I do do try to prepare as much as I can within reason for every situation. And I don't really try to fly on the seat of my pants too much because I do think preparation is the one of the uh, hallmarks of a quality decision and um, a good job is I do think you have to prepare and you have to research and you have to, you know, make sure you get, you know, exercise, eat well, sleep, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But preparation. Um, Where does that so, approach come from, Evelyn? Do you think that that focus on preparation? I've, I often think of creatives, artists as being more sort of, what did you say, fly by the seat of your pants type yeah. of people. Um, so to what do you attribute your focus on preparing? Definitely art school was when, when I went to art school, you know, I can remember uh, my drawing teacher um, saying, you need to do a 15 hour drawing of trees. And I remember I was like, how do you know if I'm going to do a 15 hour drawing of trees? But Darn it, if he didn't know, and then I started to see, wow, I can tell people who spent 15 hours on their drawing and people who spent five. Like, I could tell. And, um, and in high school, I had a couple really, really excellent uh, English teachers. Same thing. They would say, you need to put the time in, the, in how you craft and construct your paragraphs. And, I, and it, whenever I tried to do it really quickly, I could tell. But if I sat down and I did it and I really gave myself the time to do it correctly, I was proud of myself. And so it, it really is an internal um, thing that I know when I prepare and I get out there and I feel like I did the best that I could with the time that I had, because we don't always, you know, have a lot of time. I'm, I'm just, I'm happy with myself. And I, you know, it may not be the best to someone else, but it's the best I can do. I appreciate that <laughs> very much. And I, I, I am definitely not that way. I can oh, I wouldn't way, say that at I all. Think, I think, um, yeah. And there are some people that, would you say that there are some people who can get away with that? Are those are the ones that would come into the test and, you know, after hardly studying or they would, 
be able to, um, you know, just accomplish something with much less preparation? Do you think that there's a personality style or a type of person who needs more preparation than another? Um, I think it depends on the task. Like, yes, if you're like, let's say that you're a really good talker and you go into a sales presentation and you have to negotiate and you kind of know what you're talking about, but you don't really know what you're talking about. It sort of depends on your audience. You may get that, you know, great contract. But, um, you know, if you're talking about a highly technical thing and you don't know what you're talking about and you go into a room with people who know what you're not, you don't know, then yeah, I mean, it's everything is context and content. So you have to, yeah, I think everyone can fly by the seat of their pants some of the time, but you got to know your audience and know what you're getting into. And I do know, like, sometimes I've been in situations where, like, for, for instance, the Tara knows this story, the very first WordPress site that I sold was way above my head. And um, luckily, though, the client didn't know that. <laughs> so that's where I could fly by the seat of my pants. I got the job, but then I quickly realized I was like, okay, you got that job. Now you got to execute that job. Now you're going to have to prepare. So at some point, the preparation either comes in prior or after, but it's, you, you have to prepare and research, and if you can't do it, find the people who can. Speaking of finding people who can, I want to swing around to our other signature question, and it has to do with advice. Evelyn, what's the most valuable piece of advice that you've ever been given or found and implemented into your life with great success? Well, I have two. Um, One was my my mother-in-law said to me when I had little kids, she said, you can do it all, but not at the same time. And, and that really helped me because I was struggling with, I had my own business and I had two little kids that were very, very close in age. And my second child cried a lot. And um, I, was, I was just kind of at my wit's end. And just hearing that, because I am a driven person, I was like, oh, I'm failing on all fronts. But hearing that kind of gave me the permission to, all right, I'm going to do the best I can with what I can at this moment. And even though I don't feel like I'm doing what I want to be doing in some fronts, I could do it later. And then the other little piece of advice actually was some, a woman that I used to live with right out of high school. She was a friend's mom. She said, watch what you ask for because you just might get it. <laughs> and I always thought, think, you know, what, you know, watch what you ask for because you, if you get it, then you gotta, you know, run with it. So, you know, I've kept both of those things in mind, and basically, they're both like you can do what you want to do, but sometimes it may not be the time, and then other times, you know, you're just run with it. Or don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, that's, just yeah, qualifying things is a good thing too. <laughs> yeah, that first bit of advice really relates, can relate to multitasking, which we've talked about with some guests before and which I talk about a lot and, and enjoy doing. But it is a good reminder that you you can't do 
two things well at once, right? Well, There's and proven evidence of that, but, but yeah, certainly I keep trying. <laughs> I, well, and as women too, maybe a little bit more than men, it, it, because we um, kind of get more of the, the child rearing role, um, you know, just again, speaking in generalities, but I think we're very brutal on ourselves when we try to, you know, be a mom and work. Whereas guys, I think, are, and again, just generalizing, are a little bit able to compartmentalize that. And it helped me because, you know, here it is. My kids are gone now. I could spend every breathing moment that I want on work. And, of course, I don't. But, um, you know, that's not something you can do when you have little kids. And so... Luckily, I'm living a long enough life that actually what my mother-in-law said is true. You can do it all. You might just not be able to do it all at the same time. So, um, you know, I do think it's uh, a good advice, really, for anyone that sometimes you just can't do everything all at the same time. And give yourself a break. That's basically what that says. Yeah, and have patience. Have patience, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we're all very impatient with ourselves, very impatient. And, you know, it's kind of sad. We beat ourselves up, <laughs> you know? So really, it's kind of like just chill. <laughs> yeah. Patience is a different, difficult skill set to master, isn't it? We want yeah. things today, now, or a week or two, or, you know, our 90-day plan, and then it'll all begin. Yeah. And 90 days is a blink of an eye in a lot of ways, Depending on what we're working on, it can take years to make, can't it? Well, and sometimes, um, you know, Tara knows, uh, you know, things happen in your family that might just kind of blow up the best laid plans. I just had, you know, a situation in my extended family where my entire spring kind of get, got cannibalized by, you know, just a, a, a leadership position that I had to take on. And there was no one else to do it, and I took it on. And it, you know, it was four. It was four intense months of, you know, dealing with it. And I'm glad, you know, I was able to be able to get what I got done. But yeah, did things suffer? Other things su suffer absolutely. So, yeah. Well, I think I mean, that comes back to your definition of success in a way also because when you when your goal uh, is to matter you have to make choices about yeah. where you want to matter at that particular time and that's not always easy to do when there's competing challenges whether it's work or extended family or even immediate family right yeah. um, depending on what what the needs of those in our households are so that can definitely uh a problem and, and and I very much get that. Alas, speaking of time and priorities, we are out of time. Oh, that was so quick. Really quickly, <laughs> very, very quickly. Before we say goodbye to you, would you please share where people can find you online, Evelyn? Um, probably my best web presence right now is uh, <laughs> awesomewomen.org. And also um, the joint venture that I have with Tara, which is getnicework.com. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. It was really fun to have you on the show. I love your perspective and thanks for sharing your advice and uh, your thoughts well, with us. Well, thank Evelyn. you, Leah and Tara. Thanks, Evelyn. Bye-bye. Right. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. 
We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.